Continuing completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up showdown with Paul Gitz, Travis McMaster, and Lauren Pacorny. Hello and welcome to the follow-up showdown, where we give worthy second chapters to stories that don't have them. I am the host with nothing better to do, Paul Getz, and with me are the hosts with plenty better to do, who agree to do this with me on occasion because I'm lucky enough to be their friend, Travis McMaster and Lauren Picorni. What's up, guys? Hi, Paul. How are you? Hey. <laughs> Doing quite well, thank you. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, the way it works is we take a movie with either no sequel or a sequel that just doesn't cut the mustard and each try our hand at pitching one or several better ones. Now, this is a very special episode. I think there's going to be a lot to say and so we will be dealing with this one in-house. There will be no guest. <laughs> Normally we would have a guest uh, uh, who would act as either a fellow pitcher or our judge, but uh, there will be a judge of sorts and we will get into that later. Uh, now, I am over the moon on an Arabian night to be doing today's selection, 1994's Disney home video release, The Return of Jafar. It is a direct sequel to what is perhaps my personal favorite Disney movie, Aladdin, and it is a huge, huge disappointment. Uh, one of the key points that sparked this whole podcast idea was the existence of these cheaply animated uh, Disney sequels. and. It's perfect for us to start with this one because this is the one that started it all. I do remember getting my Aladdin VHS copy and opening the plastic packaging and having the little booklet uh, with an advertisement for The Return of Jafar. Mm -hmm. And I, w I remember being thrilled mm -hmm. as a kid because it was like, wow, I can, I'm going to have this so soon, mm -hmm. a second one so soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember even as a kid being let down. Oh, no. that's the worst. <laughs> uh, we loved it. That was the only Disney sequel we owned. Uh, I liked it then. Okay, we'll, we'll get into how that's you it. felt about it now. Didn't uh, say anything. But the first thing we need to do <clears throat> is uh, take it over to you and do a, what, what today will be a two Travis McMaster minutes. Oh boy. Two Travis McMaster minutes. In which you break down the plots I'll of Aladdin and the return of Jafar. I'm really bad at this. Right. Uh, that's, I guess, what makes it entertaining. I guess. I guess we'll see. I just, I don't yeah. want to be bad at it. I don't think it's cute that I am bad at describing movies. All right. Are you ready, Lauren? You ready yes. to hear this? I mean, I guess I think it's kind of cute. Do you want me to set it, start it at two minutes or start it at zero? I got it. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. yeah, sorry. I got a stopwatch here. So uh, whenever you're ready, take it away, Travis. Okay. Uh, so Aladdin, we see a mysterious sorcerer in search of a treasure in a desert. He is unable to get the treasure. He learns that he cannot get it. He is not worthy. He needs to find a diamond in the rough. That leads him to our title character, Aladdin, a poor boy living on the street with his pet monkey. He's spunky, he's rowdy, he's a bad boy, but he's got a heart of gold. Um, and then we meet the princess, who is equally spunky and equally heart of goldy, but does not like being a princess. And she escapes, they meet, they fall in love over mutual spunkiness. <clears throat> the sorcerer finds Aladdin, takes him to get the treasure, which is the lamp with the genie inside. 
they get it out, they have adventures, they find romance together. After some ups and downs, they defeat the sorcerer and they live happily ever after. Then they free the genie, uh, which is his, his only desire because he is a slave to the lamp. Excellent. Was that yeah. okay? Yeah, you Ooh. have four seconds to spare. So you now have that four seconds carrying over into the second minute as oh. you describe the return of Jafar. I'm going to do less good at that. You know, I shouldn't think that this it. might be easier. I don't know you how much think, plot there was. I think that's going to make it harder. So in Return of Jafar, we open with Iago, uh, Jafar's sidekick, um, crawling up out of the sand, uh, out of the lamp that Jafar is in. Um, Jafar commands him to free him by rubbing the lamp. Iago is disinclined, dumps him down a well, sings a bafflingly long song in Gilbert Godfrey's voice, and we have to listen to it in close-up. Then we fuck off to Aladdin in the palace, and the genie shows back up. But it's Dan Hyeda, so it's a little weird, but he's doing a good job. Dan Castellaneta. Dan Castellaneta, thank you. And then... Just what's the plot? I, don't rem- I, I can't remember. I'm vamping because I can't... I don't know the plot of this movie. Too, yeah. you just watch the I, I'm sorry, I don't know. Jafar returns and they have to defeat him. And they do so. Uh, uh, and then what happens to Iago? I don't remember. He joins the team. And okay, that's, a- that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Abyss Maul is there. Jason Alexander is a secondary, like a Darth Vader to his... Moff Tarkin? I don't know. That's generous. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I, as I was saying it. Yeah. I, he isn't the only hey, abysmal part of the movie. Hey! hey. Wait. hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was the most successful uh, uh, master minute so I, far. I, I feel really good about the first, mm, one was first half of that. Dynamite. Wait, yeah. note-taking one. What? <laughs> A little more background on Return of Jafar and how it came to be. Uh, Walt Disney television animation was kind of killing it back then. They yeah. had the Little Mermaid series. They had DuckTales. They had Chippendale Rescue Rangers all on the air at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so before the theatrical release of Aladdin, Disney commissioned the two showrunners of Aladdin the Animated Series, Tad Stones and Alan Zaslow, to produce the animated series of Aladdin uh, that would shepherd its transition from the movie into a uh, uh, television series. Uh, while conceiving the show, Stones became fascinated with the character Iago, commenting that, I said, I want the parrot in there, but he was trapped in the lamp at the end of the Aladdin movie. So we came up with a story of how he got out and ended up with Aladdin. So <laughs> there's, <laughs> as you said, that's the, that's the plot of Return of Jafar, essentially. That is, I guess, the only thing that happened. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Jafar dicked around a lot. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he just tried to get Aladdin killed, him and Abaz- Abysmal. Um, as was common with a half-hour animated television series, uh, Disney had initially planned for an hour-long television special uh, to be the pilot, but Stone suggested that this be uh, instead released on home video as a sequel, uh, which is, I guess, why it's an hour and ten minutes, <laughs> making yep. it a feature film. Class it up. Though it received mixed negative reviews, it sold 15 million tapes and grossed $300 million, becoming one of the best-selling sell- films on home video. Oh. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. That's intense. I'm Ultimately, telling you, I owned it. Well, no one knew better at the time, I guess. You yeah. can't take it back. It takes it back, <laughs> I think they're pretty comfortable with what happened. They 
did it again and again and oh, again yeah. and again after that. It's kind of crazy how many there are. Mm-hmm. Seeing as how they're they don't they aren't really around anymore. These straight mm-hmm. to video sequels. There were I don't know if there were any franchises they didn't it, uh, yeah sequelize. Like Snow White, they didn't. Is there a Princess and the Frog too? Did they get that far? Yeah, they stopped doing it by then. Okay, because I know there's a Brother Bear too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did get that far. They surely did. Did they do the Fox and the Hound too? Yes, they did. did. Oh boy. Copper joins a country band, and Todd has mixed feelings about it. You know that sounds less heavy than the first one. Much, much less. (laughs) You still haven't seen that. I haven't. Gotta watch no. it. Two or the first Either. one. Either. Wow. I've never seen. Oof. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, writer's notes for Return of Jafar. Uh, there were eight screenwriters, as we saw in the end credits there. It just somehow inexplicably took eight people to get this one over the finish line. Hmm. It looks like it did. Yeah. <laughs> it plays like it. Struggle. <laughs> None of those writers are among the four original screenwriters for Aladdin. Alan Menken did not do the music. We know, yeah. Uh, and notably. And uh, as for the actors, uh, everybody returned with the very uh, well-known exception of Robin Williams, yeah. who at the time uh, had a heavily publicized bitter fallout with Disney over the marketing campaign for Aladdin. And also the Sultan was replaced because that actor, Douglas Seal, died. He was replaced by Val Benton. Yes. There is, all, there is a... Third Aladdin movie, we also watched that. Yeah. Just for reference points. Uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, Robin Williams Return for that, and that also serves as the series finale for the animated series. So in order to get the full Aladdin story, it would have needed to watch three seasons of the Aladdin animated series in between the movies, but we did our job. Did. Yeah. Uh, not that I would be against that. I do remember liking that show a lot as, mm. as a youth. Gotta get more of his mouth. He didn't even make it into the third movie i'm sure he was killed or something i guess i am interested in if the series finale of aladdin like wraps up abysmal yeah mm-hmm. he's like and then falling into a volcano while reaching for a bejeweled dagger or something yeah um all right so uh moving right into it how do we feel about the movie the return of jafar lauren this was your first viewing <laughs> <laughs> uh no it was uh, i did not think it was good um it seems to lack in every category. <laughs> Story, animation, music. Well, um, and I want to jump in and defend at least the animation, which I thought was cheap because they did not have any money, but I did think it was very good animation. I thought the facial expressions were really, really good. Mm-hmm. I thought they did what they could with the money. Paul, how did you phrase it? They didn't shy away from any... Any visual ideas? Yes. yes. I feel we did comment throughout that uh, there weren't, actually more so in King of Thieves, there were things that they just sort of cut around to not show. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Return of Jafar, they showed every idea that they had, it just some of it looked bad. Yeah. A lot of it looked bad. Yeah. It didn't necessarily have the... Uh, and again, it looked like the animators stretched as much as they could and put as much as they could into what they had. Uh, uh, Lauren is... Being a monster for some reason. <laughs> I mean, reason. if you're comparing it to the original, which <laughs> oh, I guess is unfair. Yeah, of course, but... of course. Well, this is, and that's that's the bizarre thing I think about these Disney sequels in general is nowadays Disney would never waste 
their huge franchise sequel on a home video release because right. they, they even if it took years they know they can make the money out of it the money back from it um it's crazy to think that one of the most timeless disney movies aladdin this is its sequel it, yes so okay getting into our main questions that um, i always like to ask should there be a sequel to aladdin and i have a sub question to this this time i would say as as a uh, an artist, a, a fan of cinema, mm-hmm. looking at Aladdin, that's a, it's a wonderful movie. It's perfect. You don't really want to try to add anything to it. Nothing else needs to be said, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. But as someone who just likes watching cool movies and cartoons and characters I enjoy, yeah, make a sequel. Maybe something cool happens. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But Shrek 2 was amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid, of course I wanted it. And I wanted it as soon as I could get it, you know, not realizing what that meant. Um, I, I would say looking at it now, don't, you know, yeah, don't touch it. Uh, no reason to keep that story going. Um, yeah, I would say no, ultimately. Yeah. It, but, doesn't, it doesn't need one. Yeah. It's classic. I just want to make sure everyone knows Shrek 2 is the best Shrek movie. Okay. I think okay. they're aware. Okay. Just making sure. Sure. Yeah, right. Puss in Boots. Yeah. You can't have it without Shrek 1, but... Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shrek 1's where it's where, you know, you get All-Star and such. And, it's still very good. And, <laughs> and, there's, and, you know, Lord Farquaad. <laughs> that's the... Well, yeah. The two big but draws Smash of Shrek. Smash All-Star, that's the... Sure. I know, what you're, I know what you're thinking. From I know Shrek. what you're thinking. We already got it in Mystery Men. And Rat Race. The year before. And Rat Race. Yeah. I remember that era of why is All-Star in... I don't remember being in Rat Race. Well, I think Rat Race was later than both of those. And I remember because Rat Race culminates in a big Smash Mouth concert (laughs) in which they perform All-Star, I remember thinking, this is too late. This is so late for this to be Mm. your finale. I think that people should only ever say Rat Race with a Scooby-Doo accent. You didn't say Rat Race. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I could get behind that um, <laughs> petition. <laughs> um, so my sub question to the sequel question this time is: If there is to be a sequel, does it need to involve the return of Jafar? No. No. Okay. Mine would not. Uh, so those were different uh, responses than I was expecting. Really? I guess I guess I would say it, it at the very least needs to. Well, as you'll hear from my pitch, it does involve that, but I, I, I guess I would. I mean, I guess I, I think that it does. I get it because I love Jafar, well, obviously. Yeah. I think he's great because of the uh, uh, sort of uncommon nature of what happens to the villain at the end of Aladdin, in which he is still out there and he is powerful. He's very cleverly tricked into being uh, imprisoned, but at the same time, the worry's still there. I feel like most other uh, villains, you get more of a rap. So that's, I think, why I think. I just think it spoils an opportunity with a property like Aladdin. You have so much opportunity to create a new, exciting, dynamic villain that does not have to adhere to real world rules. Like when you do Tarzan 2, the bad guy has to be like probably another kind of hunter because that's what would be dangerous to Tarzan. But in Aladdin, where like magic is real and monsters are real, and sure. it's based enough in like real world lore that you can pull from real world cryptids or whatever. Yes, um, and you could do something really, really cool. But rather I would, than just Jafar again. I guess I would say that it's still 
possible to have a new threat and then bring Jafar in on it. Yeah, you could. <laughs> let's, let's not stay on this. Okay, so. let's please move on. Well, I mean, I, 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 I tried to sway you guys. Uh, you were not swayed, and that's and that's where the cookie lies. Um, all right. Well, so then moving on to our next classic question: sequel or prequel? If you're gonna do it, what's the sweet spot? Sequel. You say sequel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to do sequel, oh, or you have to ignore a set of major characters. If you do like I mean, a ja- if you do like a Jasmine prequel, yeah, you don't get Aladdin or Genie or Abu or Carpet. If you do an Aladdin prequel, you don't get Jasmine or the Jafar or the Sultan or any of that. But what I have as my prequel uh, pitch is is just sort of a rough idea, and it would almost be sort of more in the style of like a Lion King uh, one and a half, uh, where we're getting, you know, we're jumping around to different uh, sections of things. Sure. In that, it's from a set perspective. My idea here. What are you waiting for? Go on. I have it much abu about nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. First of all, and I would say both Return of Jafar, but even more so King of Thieves, very poor use of Abu, who is an excellent character. He was one of my favorite things in Return of Jafar. Uh, I did keep commenting about it. You did, you did. Well, he's so cute. And his personality never gets old. The fact that he always wants to steal. He always wants food. He's, you know, he's he's lovable because he can change his emotions on a dime, but he can always count on him to go back to that greed. You know, he does he does really remind me a lot of like nineteen forties Mickey Mouse, back mm. when he was still kind of a rascal. He's yeah, he was a good guy, but he would definitely like you know steal your a slice of pie from you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh, he would. Yeah, who's a perfect pie off the window steal <laughs> still thief. Um, this is a story from Abu's perspective, which is where I would start. But I would also like it to cover the following subjects. How Abu met Aladdin. Okay. Perhaps that's the ending. Also, in there, as subplots, we get how Raja met Jasmine, or when she got okay. Raja. I think we can invent a better story than what the tr- tr- truth probably was. Well, but even if it's just one scene, mm-hmm. you get a cute Jasmine, little, little girl Jasmine meeting cup. Cub Raja. That sounds yeah, sure. Bring Viva Rock Vegas. Um, right, exactly. This is, I mean, this is what you would want. I think if you're getting an Aladdin prequel, let's let's solo this. Let's yeah. get it all in there, just in case we don't get another one. <laughs> um, and then I guess you know, throw in how Iago met Jafar. Okay, so this is just like a team up. It's the like animals. How we found my sidekick. Much, much ado about nothing. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Any other prequel pitches that? that you got off the top of your head? Anything you could think off of? Off the top of my head. I didn't have an idea that I thought about it might be interesting. Perhaps you would like to hear the tale? If the prequel was actually a genie movie mm. and it like followed what his first... Because they said he only had one master before, right? No. I don't. I think oh. he mentions there's several. Okay, well, it'll be interesting <clears throat> to like see his uh, his life as a genie. Yeah, maybe like little vignettes of each of his masters, how they treated him. What? Well, the, yeah. I think the soft implication is that since none of them used a wish to free him, right? If they even bothered, yeah, to ask if that was, you know, yeah. well, on they, the table. They get into it a little bit more specifically in the Will Smith live action Aladdin. Where he keeps pointing out that there's always a, a this guy, and he's referring to a Jafar type. Mm-hmm. 
That you guys saw that. Well, yeah. I didn't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to spoil. No, that's fine. There are a number. Well, I'll I'm be referencing it a few done. more times. Please. There's, there's some stuff that that one does well. I'd like to see it. I just yeah. I don't, I don't mind spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. They just added it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it could even end with you know maybe like the last half of the movie or something it could be him in the cave of wonders maybe like hanging out like looking around meeting carpet maybe not the last half maybe like the last twenty minutes or so <clears throat> but that could be cool. That would be very. Yeah, cool. he and Carpet have a past. Yeah, they do. Yeah, or maybe like Carpet got banished or got thrown in there with him for some reason. Well, if in much boo about nothing, you're getting all these other origin stories. Throw in a, a genie and the Carpet buddy up, and you got it all. There could be a life instead of direct to sequel things uh, for classic Disney animation somewhere somewhere in that vein, just like little tiny, oh yeah, short animated things, and that could include like. Aladdin babies or whatever we <laughs> big headed versions of them. That does sound cute. Yeah. That one <clears throat> clip of him as a kid without a father was pretty cute. It was. Um, that guy that closed the door was real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got two already. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. There's there's some potential there, but <clears throat> I would I think see I would agree that sequel is the mm-hmm. is yeah. the sweet spot. Yeah. We're gonna go anywhere yeah. with. Yeah. With that in mind, does anyone want to start? I'll go. Oh, okay. I don't, any uh, titles, of course, are encouraged. I forgot to think have. about a title. No worries, we can I'll do the pitch first. And circle back around. Yeah. Um, I don't have an entire story, but I thought it might be kind of interesting if... Yeah, nice to be back, ladies and gentlemen. The sequel was like, the Sultan is either dying in the beginning and dies or already has died. Whew. I know, dark. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, you know what that means? Aladdin, you're the Sultan. And I don't know how like that would normally work, but I feel like Jasmine wouldn't be next in line, even though she should be. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it might be interesting if Aladdin would immediately be like, uh, I don't know shit. Like I just am a regular dude. Jasmine is the daughter of a Sultan. She has grown up, you know, around like as royalty and around politics and whatnot. And she should be the Sultan. And I think that would be a cool take. And I don't know if there would be pushback. Mm. I don't know if that would be a really short movie where everyone's like, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you probably want to come up with like a villain that wants to stop this process. Yeah, that's what I would. Also, he's genie in it. I was trying to think about that. I thought maybe he wouldn't be in it for most of it. And like whatever like conflict there was, maybe like he could pop in at the end and like say something wise or like to the people like, hey, you know, I've been like around a long time. You all need to like get over yourselves or something like that. Well, it's- nuggets of wisdom are what he's known for. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have much, but well, I think that would be kind of neat. And then I- of course she would, uh, and of course she would end up being the sultaness. Solstress. Solstress. It's, it's, it's actually uh, Solstress. I've looked this up because of uh, my pitch, Sultana. I was gonna ask so, so it is Sultana. a thing. Yeah. It is it is a thing. There are Sultanas. Sultanas. Way That's better. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that I think that would be interesting. So perhaps the movie could just be called Jasmine. Yeah, I was, I was thinking well, like yeah. it could be Shit. the title is Jasmine Colon Aladdin too. Yeah. Or, or Aladdin <laughs> and Jasmine or Jasmine and Aladdin. Yeah. Well, like Jasmine just to be Aladdin font. Yeah. Jasmine was going to be. Jasmine was going to be my title. 
Oh, so okay. Popular, popular choice. I guess you can have it too. Jasmine the Sultana. Oof. Okay. Lauren just called that Jasmine the Sultana. Jasmine the Sultana. Um. Actually, yeah, that is Sultana, the rise of Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, my, my, I'm just gonna go because I'm sure Paul, yours is gonna be uh, really, really good. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't like that tone. I can tell you got something good. Um. So mine would be. I'm a street rat, remember? I'll improvise. I know I keep referencing Shrek 2. I'm not just doing it to be cute. I really like what that movie did as a sequel and that it pushed the story as it was forward and didn't really try too hard to repeat the same beats. So I would want to do that with an Aladdin sequel. I would just call it Jasmine. Um, and we would just take, now that they are, now she is married. Uh, kind of to your point, Lauren, the Sultan would be stepping down and it would be up to them to step up as the new rulers. So, sorry, just Ooh. to clarify okay. where we're at, yeah. timeline-wise, we've jumped, right? And they're <laughs> already married. I forgot to include that, but yes, that would be... In both of yours. Yes, yes, it would be because to, that makes sense. either to after they were married or up, leading up to the marriage. The, the, it would be centered around like their kind of like communal... They're coming together, yeah. Okay. Um, and they're both kind of very young and insecure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not quite ready for this, but they want to step up to the challenge. Um, and so Jasmine would kind of have to go on a quest for her mother because she wants to know what a sultana would do, I guess, or the first lady, if she is not to be sultana. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would want to seek her mother. Uh, and then Aladdin would... I want to kind of separate the two of them and have them come into their own separately, and then have them come together at the end, having resolved themselves to figure out how to rule together. Um, but like in a fun Disney way, obviously, this is sounding a little heavy. So That's her mother just... would be alive somewhere. Well, no. Or not she just... would like search her past. She, it would, I, I'm going to lead into the magic element of it. That's how I would kind of like get the genie who is no longer a genie into it. He knows about magical things, just like in the Prince of Thieves, he knew about the Oracle. Like, he knows magic stuff. So he would help Jasmine go find probably a flower or Jasmine tea or something. I would do something hacky, like use that as her name, to try to contact her mother, whatever, magically. Um, and then there would be some weird lesson where, like, oh, your mother is with you all the time because she's inside of you, blah, blah, blah. Like, that kind of, like, and there you would cry or whatever. Now, would Genie's return be a part of the plot, or are you thinking he's just there I, I, I would do a thing where you don't think Jeannie's going to be in the movie, where Jasmine goes off, and when she, she meets someone who tells her to go find someone who's like, oh, you need to find this person. They know about these sorts of magic things. You need to go find old whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, and then she goes to see who this person is and reveal, oh, it's the genie Ooh, like on oh, his travels. Really he's cool. he's adopted great. the role of like this kooky, that maybe the traveler guy from the beginning of Aladdin. Right, the narrator. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, genie, and he's like, Jasmine. No, but he sounds that. like Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah. So with the whole like narrator thing, there's always been that theory that the narrator is the genie. Yes. Right. So it's like this, so this would sort of be officially yeah. making that canon. Yeah. Um, and then Aladdin's story, honestly, I would just kind of take sort of the parts of Prince of Thieves that you don't need the genie for. He doesn't really, he's not really a part of that. You can kind of just do that movie in conjunction with Jasmine's. Um, just sort of like Madcap fun. Because I don't like that in both of the sequels we have, I think in both movies, Jasmine kind of goes like, well, have fun storming the castle. And then she just goes and combs her hair or whatever. Right. I would like to get her into the movie. Yeah. 
like a person. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, love that. Love okay. much more interested in Jasmine's mother yeah. than Aladdin's parents. Mm-hmm. Never really wondered about that. Never just really assumed he was yeah. just an orphan kid. Yeah. Right. She had orphans. Um, and to both of your points, I would say, without wanting to spoil too much, that this is a one of the better best things, best in uh, what I would call an actual improvement in the new live action version, Jasmine's role. Specifically, it's like it's about her from the beginning, the Sultan is preparing her to take over. Oh, okay. That's like her role in the movie. Okay. I mean, besides the regular stuff. So she has a lot more to do. She has a new song. I don't like it, <laughs> but I get it. I get why it's there. Female empowerment. It reminded me of like the Frozen song. Let it let it go. Mm. It's very much, I feel like, in that tone of like a, it, it's an already popular genre of song. Yeah. Sure. yeah. But your pitch. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to preface, I started with the genie. I started by trying to research sort of uh, uh, the rules of the of actual genie lore and try to apply them. But because of the differences between the actual lore and the Disney version of the lore, uh, almost nothing worked, but I was able to sort of adapt a few. One is that uh, Muhammad's teaching said that the jinn, genies, were created of smokeless fire. Mm. So mm. I did want to include that as an origin, but let me, I'll give you the log line. Now, pussycat. Tell me more about myself. When a new genie is born in Agrabah, oh boy. Genie returns to free her, but finds Aladdin and crew oh. busy preparing for Jasmine's coronation as Sultana. Once the new genie is out of her bottle, everyone is pulled into an adventure involving a trip inside the lamp. Damn it. The Ooh. reappearance of an all-powerful enemy. I knew this shit was going to happen. And an ancient ring with a dark past. Damn it. The ring of King Solomon. Oh. Featuring brand new musical numbers, the return of all your favorite characters, and the introduction of Genie the Genie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Disney presents Aladdin in the Magic Lamp. Damn it. That is awesome. That okay. is such... That sounds to me... Like a really great, like sequel from like 1995 or six. Mm. You know, like if they decided to do a big theatrical push that year, yeah, that sounds like what they would have come up with. But like, I mean that in a complimentary way. Okay, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Key points of fun that I wanted to get into. Um, you still have this narrator uh, character mm-hmm. who begins the whole thing, and it, within his merchant shop is the lamp that the smokeless fire emerges from him. I think I'm seeing a sequence of him blowing out all of the lamps. Smoke comes from each one, and then one, a flame is produced. No, no fire. Sure. Like, and then the camera goes into the lamp. We do the title sequence. Yeah. We mm-hmm. see the genie being bored. Now we're familiar with the interior of the lamp, and we go in there later. Paul, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, the Ring of King Solomon is based also on genie lore by accepting that upon becoming a genie, Jafar is automatically trapped in a lamp. Means essentially the genies are born in lamps. There is no separation of them. Whereas like a in crab? the lore, King Solomon is this guy who went around essentially trapping genies in jars. That's where the oh. legend came from. Oh. I did not know. So like adapted one to one to one. Like a cage-free genie. 
Yes, genies. <laughs> they would just be walking around granting wishes? Genies were essentially, in the mythology, there were angels, demons, and jinn. Oh man, they really got shafted. And well, jinn are essentially like, it's essentially like humans with magic powers. So it's like they could be good or evil. It was up to them. And uh, they were just sort of like a third, your, your neutral race, basically. But where, yeah. where, where does that come from when you say there was angels, demons, and jinns? Was that all? In... This is all the teachings of Muhammad. This okay. Like where, where all, of, all of these ideas began and then beat by beat, like eventually it became genie and the lamp in the Aladdin story. Okay. And there's a couple references before that in other stories, but it came from this idea of King Solomon being the one who tra traps the genie. So that's cool. In this, you have this ring, and King Solomon is this ancient figure who trapped all of the genies. The reason to bring Jafar back is at least somewhat related to genie, the genie, the new genie, mm -hmm. uh, essentially being having only ever been free because the genie frees her right away. Right. She's. Uh, vehemently opposed the idea of any enslaved genie and Jafar uh, through like it becomes an issue of rights to her sort of this idea that he should be free oh I see um, once she's made aware of his presence that sort of thing so it's like uh, you know uh, good intention but not having the full story leading to trouble well I sort uh, of like the idea that she has the whole story but she's like well well even still we like shouldn't. once she gets to that point, uh -huh. at the end, I'm thinking both Genie and Genie are sort of their mission is to go out and find other genies, free them wherever they are. Mm -hmm. um, and my solution to Jafar was that he does sort of attack people for a while, but ultimately upon Genie the Genie, the girl Genie, the new Genie, rubbing the lamp, she wishes before wishing he was free that he be kind. And so in the end, Jafar is a buddy. Well, I feel like a conversation needs to be had if you are in if you're not in favor of imprisonment, but you are in favor of lobotomizing someone. It's true. I, but I think I think the lesson here needs to be sometimes you're going to come across people whose hearts and mind you cannot change. That's true. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it needs to be a lesson in how do you react to that? Right. And you can't also can't just throw them away like they do. Um, Iago would be in mine as well. Why? But not on their side. Oh, okay. Um, more trying to uh, uh, help the will of, aid in the will of Jafar. And then in the end, when everybody's kind, he's annoyed. Okay. So he's, he's, he's still a little vindictive. Because he, he's never all the way evil. So he's not either going to ever be all the way good. Sure. So he's never going to hug, but he's not going to murder anyone anymore. Right. 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 So, anyways, the, there in a nutshell uh, was well, my pitch. With um, the important question, who's playing Genie? Mm. Oh, Genie the Genie. Genie the Genie. Um, oh, boy. You well, didn't come with an answer. No, I didn't come with an Ball answer. Gets. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my. Well, because it's voice. I didn't really think about it. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, in this perfect world, would Genie's... I mean, it would still be Robin, Robin Williams, Williams. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of someone Whatever. with similar star power, but a range of voices. Like, who is a... Like, Carol Burnett. Would oh, be cool. I see. And back then, she was a little more spry. Um, hmm. Like, a comedy legend of some sort. What about Whoopi? Whoopi? Robin? 
Right? Similar yeah, enemies on. there. I do like that. Come on. Yeah. I want Whoopi. Okay. <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, we will have a judge of uh, of sorts today. Oh, yes, this right. will not be left up to a vote. Um, I have brought uh, what is closest in real life to the magic lamp, the magic eight ball. Next. Okay. And so, each of us, we will shake the magic eight ball and see what magic what decides. Is. I love so this. Be like, Eight ball, do you like my pitch? Shake, shake, shake. Correct, shake. yes. And they're like, you suck. Okay. Ladies first. Well, we'll see what it says. Okay. But yeah, I hope it says one of us sucks. <laughs> okay, ladies first. Then. So All then right. you're going with Jasmine the Sultana. So we're going with the title? It, yeah, or you can go in with your Genie prequel, whichever. I'm going to go with my Jasmine one. Because I think like that's, there's more of a movie there. I haven't found it yet. But okay, okay. Magic eight ball. What do you think of Jasmine the Sultana? I think you have to wait a second. <laughs> yes, definitely, it says. Whoa! Oh. That's a strong... That's going to be hard to beat. Step. Okay. It's hard to beat. All right. You want to go? I'll go. All right. So, uh, Magic 8 Ball, what do you think of my Jasmine pitch? What's <laughs> Don't count on it. Oh! Ouch. 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 That's okay. At least I, it didn't say you suck. I, I liked a lot of my pitch, but um, I think... I, think I really definitely... liked your pitch. I'm going to override the Magic Oh, that's so sweet. I think we all have really good pictures. All right, so Magic Gate Ball, what are your thoughts on Aladdin in the Magic Land? Okay, so that's came up with yes, definitely. Uh, we need a tiebreaker. So we have, yes, we do need a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, Magic Gate Ball shake, or what, we want to do something else? How about since yours didn't make it, Uh-oh. you decide. Okay. Serious. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. Wait, fair. Lauren, what was your quick pitch again? Um, the Sultan dies, and everyone's like, "Oh, Vladimir, you're the you're the next Sultan." And he's like, uh, "Nah, Jasmine should be the next Sultan." And maybe they're they're met with resistance. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Paul's pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and in my pitch. Jasmine becoming Sultana is at least part of it, so perhaps yeah. we can combine. Yeah, okay. The, the yeah, mine just wasn't fleshed out again. Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps it is about winning the people over. You know, that could be it, it, dealing with a lot of big issues. You know, we might be able to premise. take the best parts of my pitch and your pitch and put them into Paul's oh. great movie. Hmm. Like Aladdin could go into the lamp, and Jasmine could not go into the lamp. They'd be so separated. She's got, she the, lamp. She's got the lamp with her. Yeah. And as she's going on her trek up the mountain or whatever, she's, you know, talking. Yeah, and Aladdin has some reason to be in the lamp to get something, to figure something out. Sure. Yeah. There's like lamp-to-lamp communication. Yeah. That's cool. Lamp-to-lamp communication, that's interesting. I like the idea that sort of in the, in the lamp, they're, they're in a world in which anything that's damaged or something is immediately fixed, sort hmm. of genius style, you know? Like the, the environment built within the lamp is yeah. sort of magic like that. Mm-hmm. And so once genies are freed, they, uh, you know, can fix things in Agrabah, you know, like be of help to the people mm. with their magic, you know? Because they never really got into once the genie is freed. And assuming we're erasing Return of Jafar, in which it's claimed that once they're freed, their magic diminishes. Yeah. You know, you just sort of have this assumption that he's still magic, he can do whatever he wants with his magic. So perhaps they're, you know. That's true. You you either have, you pretty much have to acknowledge him just as like 
fanciful trickster friend because if you actually do look at him full on as the Dr. Manhattan walking god, mm. then the Aladdin sequel just becomes about the terrifying utopia that is all under the rule of the doddering cracker-loving sultan mm. because he's just got this god at his employ, like he's mm. buddies with him and he could just say, hey Genie, wouldn't it be great if everybody wasn't hungry and everyone had a home and Genie would be like, yeah, okay. But I think the conceit is just sort of like these people are so our core cast is so they're so good. They're such good people that they would never even really think to do the wrong thing. With sure, power. but I mean like at, but at a certain point, isn't the right thing actively trying to use the power to help as many people as possible? Yeah, but I think that needs to be up to the genies. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, we, we cracked that open pretty good. I, I think, think that that yeah. sequel, would, I would enjoy that. I think, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think these were all really solid pitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I did a good job with my minute. Yeah, yeah. I, you did a great job. Before we uh, get into our outro stuff, I did uh, want to try to introduce a quick new segment that we can yeah. use sparingly. Let's hear it. I call it Things Left on the Table. Let's get these things off the table. Seriously, though, I need to use it. And these are things that I think should have been addressed in the other sequel episodes we did, but were not brought up. Oh, okay. Uh, my, I'll, I'll hit you with my first example. Uh, in regards to Super Mario Brothers, none of us in any of our pitches mentioned our main antagonist being Wario. Oh, wow. Which I think is was a huge thing left on the table. And uh, in uh, uh, the effort to celebrate that, I'd like to talk to you about ideal casting for who would have played Wario in, in Super Mario Brothers 2. In 1992 or 4, 5 or whatever? First, yeah, when, whenever abouts. Well, uh, gotta be... Danny DeVito, right? Oh, an excellent, yeah, the original casting choice for Mario. Right. Yeah. I I can't, I would love to hear a better answer, but. Mine that I have down is Dennis Franz. Who him? Who him? Uh, From NYPD Blue. uh, Oh, Sipowitz? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, Oh, that's the guy whose name we couldn't remember the other night. I, uh, one of my original thoughts only because of size comparison, like Wario to Mario mm-hmm. and where Bob Hoskins is at, I was thinking maybe John Candy. Oh, yeah. As Wario, that, but he's so he's lovable. So, yeah. Well, he could definitely... The thing is, again, I'd have to hear what John sounds like doing the voice. So, like, don't you know? Well, don't no one John. did impre- other impressions in the movie, so maybe he wouldn't have to. He would just be the antagonist. Yeah, that is a fair point. We are dealing with a world in which we know what he's like. Well, and Mario is from Brooklyn rather than super Italian. Right. We didn't know. So no, Mario, Mario didn't talk in 1990. If he Mario only existed at that point. He just laughed, in, in right? Game Boy. In Game Boy in Japan, right? I don't think he'd made it no, to the States yet. No, because he was the villain in Super Mario Land 2. Right. And okay. then Wario Land, which was Super Mario Land 3. But these were all Game Boy games. Okay. So we did, we certainly didn't know what he sounded like. So it could have easily been John Candy, yes, with a weird mustache, true, from a different part of Brooklyn or Boston or, or it Chicago. could have been Bob Hoskins playing two roles. Oh, I was thinking that too. Yeah, but I was like, is that too weird? I mean, that universe is really weird. That's true, and that would have been really fun to see with you know mid nineties technology. It was always fun when they tried to do the yeah. split screen. It was always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. roll of the dice yeah all right cool um moving on to my next thing left on the table in our ghostbusters 2 episode we did start 
to break this down. I don't believe we've ever we ever finished. And I just want to say definitively and see if you agree that Winston is a Gryffindor, <laughs> Ray is a Hufflepuff, Egon is a Ravenclaw, and Vankman is a Slytherin. Yeah. Would you say that? That sounds right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think we nailed a couple of those down, <clears throat> but I just want to make sure we got the full four. <laughs> Um, what a balanced cast that was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, the true secret to making a good movie is uh, balancing your Hogwarts houses. Yes. Mm. You know what? I, I'm i going to try to go forward in my writing, always having that in mind. I think next time we come out of a movie loving it. Yeah. Uh, well, but who was our Hufflepuff? <laughs> yeah. That's a fun game. Yeah. Like I guess let's try to, to do it in foursomes when, when, there's a, when there's a clear foursome in the Okay. In the mix. I think that and this is this is one's almost too easy, but fun. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Michelangelo is a Hufflepuff. Donatello is Ravenclaw. Uh, Leo's an easy Gryffindor, and Rhapsody is a Slytherin. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, swish, mm-hmm. swish, swish, all day. <laughs> Pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, I guess uh, let's let the listeners off the hook, and maybe <laughs> we can just do this for a while longer. Huh? Does that sound sure. Oh, anything to plug? Anything to plug for anybody? Uh, I make custom Funko Pops. I am on Instagram at Lola underscore Stark. Just spelled just like it sounds. But I opened an Etsy shop called Pop That Funko. <laughs> All uppercase letters on the first word. All one word. And, uh, yeah. That I bet you were excited that wasn't taken. I'm excited. I that was. Wasn't taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was worried people were going to associate it with the with that song. What's Pop on? that. Pussy? Yeah. That is what I associate with. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, you want that Funko? Pop that Funko. I was going for, like, move that yeah. van or whatever. Okay. You know. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's a good one. That's a big one. Just finished my first commission. Very exciting. And Whoa! You, you yeah. could be the second. Wow, that's exciting. That is very, very cool. Um, I guess maybe I don't want to invade that person's privacy by saying what it was here. but you No, not yet. Hear that is, yes, yeah, confidential. Okay. Well, we had a lot to talk about without you guys, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to bid you adieu. Uh, and a, a, a merry Jafar to you. And a happy new year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to stop. Oh, okay. Bye. On the next follow-up showdown. A continuation celebration of Babe Pig in the City. We do have an incredible guest, Cody Olendorf. The second one is, wow, I have so many things to say about how that transpired.